Welcome to the Candid Conversation Show. I'm your host, Marilyn Fontaine, artist and creative coach for women who want success and income with ease. Hi, this is Marilyn Fontaine and welcome to the Candid Conversation Show. This is... um, Episode 17. Episode 17. Can you imagine? Season 2. Episode 17 already. Sorry, my voice is going again. You know, I have my own morning hay fever, deep voice issues. But it's the best time for me to do a podcast. It's where I have the most energy. Um, As you know... I um, talk about energy all the time and, and where our, our um, frequencies are at. And for somebody who is on a mild ADHD level, apparently, um, I really need to go where my energy is grounded and centred. And that is usually during the day, the morning. And so so interesting, when I used to work 9 to 5, I never liked mornings. I was so miserable, so grumpy, hated it. But now, I greet the day with, with curiosity and expectancy. Sometimes I do feel tired. I mean, I still need to work out this night routine. It's just really, you know, since being in menopause, my, well, actually perimenopause as well because my sleep routine is just crap so I need to really um sort that out I think I need to get a sleep coach in to actually talk about um sleep I think that'd be um a really good episode um but uh, you know I know this is deep anyway today's session session I think I'm coaching Today's podcast is about the black tax and um, I want to talk about the black tax. So I'll explain what the black tax is. So black tax is a term that originates in South Africa for money that black or other persons of colour provide to their family every month outside their own living expenses. And this is normally out of obligation. It is caused by continuing economic imbalances that can be traced back to apartheid and slavery. That's on Wikipedia. We know there's a better term, but um, this is really interesting. The reason why I talk about this subject is, is I was on a coaching call. Um, I'm part of the Black Coaches of Colour Collective, which is, um, it's not the Black Coaches of Colour, it's the Coaches of Colour Collective, which is a, a director of Coaches of Colour I think it was started by Simone Graciel, um, who does Joyful Marketing. And so we have um, weekly calls with master coaches or non-master coaches, and they coach us. And last week, my the call happened to be Tavona Denise. Now, you know I always speak about Tavona Denise. Um, she coached me last year for her programme. Um, she's just about to launch another one called Launch Therapy. And 
I just find her brilliant. I mean, a few of the other coaches, well, all the other coaches on the Coaches of Colour Collective Live calls are brilliant anyway. But um, because I've worked with Devona over a period of time, you know, I'm used to her. And so I came on a call, I was talking about my um, my income and how I had, you know, a really strong month um, in December. I've had consistent earnings and consistent months since then. But December, my income was crazy. It was crazy. It just like what I earned that month. In a month where people say, you know, people don't spend in Christmas, but my income was ridiculous. And in fact, leading up to that as well, and from January it was stable, but it was it it dropped, but I consistently had new people coming in, but the level that my income was at in December was phenomenal, and it also shot my my you know my earnings, my target earnings up to a level that I'd never had achieved in my life, and what that also did for me is on a subconscious level, made me stop. And so when she was coaching with me, it turned out that I was afraid of this new identity and earning this more money because I felt that it would separate me from um, my family. Because remember, I have family earners that are earning six, six figures anyway. But... I'm doing this from my business. This is not a nine-to-five job. Well, it is a nine-to-five job in terms of my company, but it's not working for somebody else. It's not, you know, I'm a, I'm a CEO, and that is fucking scary. When I really think about it, before I was riding on the high of trying to form this identity and letting everybody know this is what I'm doing, you know, it's really good. Come with me. Come and join me. But actually, everybody has their time and their journey and their moment. And so we can't expect to drag people with us because it may not be their time yet to come along. They have got learning in other areas to do or never. And so for me... It was deep because I got this amount and it was like, oh my God. And I kept having these dreams about being left at station, trying to go to family events, never getting there, getting distracted. And the the beauty of coaching and the beauty of the model and the beauty of the work, even what Tavona does, is she asks me, what other way can I connect with my family? Because I was viewing my connection in a, in a place of being a victim. You know, like, oh, this money's not happening. Um, what's happening? Am I a failure? Because I earned so much. And now, okay, it's very comfortable what I'm earning now. But I was creating a whole drama around this. Because I wanted to relate to my family in a space of frustration and less than because it was it was um what's the word comfortable 
And so I didn't realise that was happening. Um, and so when we talk about fear of success and fear of failure, we are actually sometimes fear, fear in abandonment. And the, again, Tavona said, the fear of abandonment that I felt that I, was I would experience by getting to my next level was mostly my abandonment of myself. I had to take a moment so the mic could drop. And so she posted a video. Um, I think it's Trevor Noah. I might not be right. And Oprah. Let me just check. So I could never get this guy's name right. So Trevor Noah, yes. And he was talking about the black tax. And how his mum told him he was not going to be a victim of that. And that really resonated with me because... I feel like there was a part of me emotionally wanted to drag everybody um, emotionally with me um, because I was earning this money rather than, you know, putting it back in, pouring it back, I would say, into myself, pouring it back into the business so it can be more sustainable. Even though I'm making good money, I still need to pour it back into my business. I still need to pour back into more coaching, into more products. Um, my VA, I still need to pour that into my business for it to be sustainable. Um, because again, I'm still forming this new identity. It's only been a year. Although I've been coaching for what, 15, 20 years? But it's only been a year where I've been really earning the money that I feel and that I know that I'm worth. So it's been 20 years pre preparation and this year is integration. And so for me, I don't need to um, be in sacrifice to be connected to my family. I don't need to feel that I'm a failure. And let's let's just get this one thing straight, Marilyn. Is that, Failure is not co connected to the amount of money you make or don't make. That's personal. Failure is how you process every experience. I'm still the same. I still have the same humanity and compassion. But I'm just adjusting to my level of gratitude and my level of value. That's the difference is that my level of value and self-worth, excuse the pun, is much more vast. And that is the crux of the matter, is my level of self-worth has changed so much in all areas of my life that the inner child, the small part of me, feels having this much value and self-worth is going to make me feel abandoned because it's not something that I knew on I've known on this level and so my black tax isn't just about money my black tax is about emotion it's about value 
it's about joy, it's about my peace. That's my black tax. And the only way I can sustain all those things is to support myself and know that I will be alright regardless of my wealth. Because my wealth is my spiritual wealth, my connection to the Most High. And everything out filters through that money. I'm just a steward of money. As Serena Hicks says, I'm just a steward of money. And it's an exchange of my work and my worth. But it isn't some total of my worth. And so I've been in a space. I mean, even when I spoke to my therapist about this and she just put it on a drama triangle and saying that by making myself a victim... I can relate to the family because that was my place in the family. And so acknowledging it, putting compassion on it and stepping off the triangle, I'm able to move forward and define my future in co-creation with the creator. And so ways I think that we can move from this, this feeling, especially women of colour, because I see it happen in a lot of Asian families and Chinese everywhere that people have to, you know, they have to, they have to support the lesser members of the family. And that is okay if you have an infrastructure where your race has an economic footprint. But I feel for a lot of people of colour, whose race, they don't have the economic um, balance. What you will find is that by trying to provide, you know, um, money to families, they're still struggling and they're still, they're, they're subscribing to the hustle culture. It's better to invest in yourself to invest in what you need so it doesn't become a hustle and it becomes the proper use of wealth, which is creating wealth. So you can filter that wealth out, but only filter that wealth out when it is at a level that you are able to do so, not before, because you cannot build sustainable wealth because you're in hustle mind. And so for me, mine is about building wealth so I can do these things. But my focus isn't really on wealth. My focus is on creating a service and giving women the opportunity to shine authentically with ease in their businesses. That's all I want to do. And for them to create their wealth so they can support their children, their families from a full cup. And to pay it forward. So when my cup is full, I can do things, treat my family, support people, members of the community, support small businesses, which I've been doing um, more so within the last year, um, really helping out entrepreneurs with their products and, you know, buying. You know, I'm not... I always think, who can I buy from in terms of a small business? 
rather than just going into a store. So my business is intentional. My life is intentional. While I build my business to, or scale my business, I would say. And I think that's really important. So it's really important, again, to check the underlying emotions that is occurring when you are moving through um, your business and your life and you are changing. And I remember when I first passed my test, that was the first massive, um, was it the first massive? Okay, I'll go back. When I did my, I was studying art and design, my foundation course, and my tutor said, oh, you might also do the A-level, even if you get an, a U, like under, undergrade, because I wasn't attending as much, because I didn't have much money. And I remember when I um, did the, did the A-level, didn't put much into it, and got a C, which is good for no effort. You know, I was so surprised getting that. That just shifted my mind and made me think, Imagine if I'd have put all my um, my energy into that. I would probably would have got a B or an A. You know, like, I was never an A student, right? And I, that just changed me. And I thought, well, this tutor told me I might as well do it. Like, no encouragement. Um, but I couldn't believe that. So, Jed Wensley, his name was. Um, I just couldn't believe that. And so... I um, I can't believe that I got the C. Anyway, that was one shift. I was, what, 18? No, 17, 16, 17. Um, the second major identity shift was when I passed my test. First time. Um, didn't expect to do it again. It's always when I don't expect it. Didn't expect to do it. And I happened to pass. And for me, that was huge. Because... For one, people were saying it's really hard to pass first time. Two, I was the first amongst my friends, my the immediate circle of friends that did it. And so it also put me in a different stance because I had the car, first to get the car. So I became the driver, a caretaker at a young age. Um but it was also independence because my mum would always say, oh, you can't go out because, you know, it's frightening out there. It's really weird as well because I passed my test at 21 and I've just realised I also had my panic attacks. My panic attacks started at 21, which I've never put the two together and... When you look at the nature of panic attacks, it is panic attacks, panic attack. It is um, like when you go to the psychology of it, it is not being able to cope with something or um, an underlying fault is creating panic. Now, there can be psychological conditions, physiological conditions that can create that, but it's mostly about an emotional. Um, situation that's happening and I was having a lot of challenges with my mum at the time I've spoken about this in the podcast my mother myself which I'm going to add a link to but 
when I think about that now, again, huge shift in identity because I achieved something huge. And I always say that was one of the biggest moments in my life as passing my driving test. But I actually, I feel the last year for me, um, with my business and scaling it to the level I've scaled it now, is one of the biggest life changes I've encountered. Um, obviously, there's been bereavement and other things, but in terms of something positive, even with bereavement, they can, there is some positives. It's been very, very, very painful. Um, so, yes, my driving test. So the panic attack happened after that. So, a bit again, that's, that's um, autonomy. And so I feel like whenever we, we be, you know, when we think about a car is autonomy, we think about how we perceive money is autonomy, not always necessarily so. It can actually bind you. It can bind you to a way of being. It can bind you to a job you don't like. It can bind you to a business that is no longer making you happy. But you're staying there because it's giving you loads of money. Um, so... Autonomy, you know, is having the agency and autonomy to say, well, I choose not to do this. And even if you've got dependence, you know, looking at the situation, how it's going to affect other people. But if it's going to be the good for everybody concerned, the decisions that you make, even if they may upset people around you, always, if they're from your intuition and your gut, will always turn out fine. So it's the the woman that says to her family, I'm leaving my job and I'm going back to university. And the husband or the partner saying, well, how are we going to cope? That person just knows that they have to do it and they, they manage to cope anyway. Um, the person that decides to, been working part-time, decides to take a full-time job because they know it feels right. They need to manage their mind and relax their body from stressing out with, from having no money. When you're in a business where your product is no longer serving you, it's draining you, or you're just, you're just it's just run its course, it's completed its cycle. And you want to pivot, or do you want to try something totally different? I always talk about my calendars, giving up, producing my calendars because I wanted to take my art in a new direction. And I think that it's really important that we acknowledge where we are and what suits us and what our new identity is forming for us. And so when I, you know, look at the black tax and... I look at how we feel that we need to do something because of the problems of white supremacy um, and its impact on racial ethnic groups. Um, we have to make sure that we try not live outside of those confines, maybe for the next generation as well, and and try and realize that we all can have a life that we can be economically and spiritually rich um 
because black tax isn't going to, it's not going to sustain, um, you know, it's not going to sustain us if it's just one person in a family that is trying to sustain the rest. Um, now, don't get me wrong, there's people who, they come from a, a place from, in another country where people are not earning, they're not, they're really, they're really in poverty and that is totally understandable. But where, um, where they've got family members that are doing well and people are still looking after them, then, then that's, that's a different story. And I want to look at the emotional black tax where we have to emotionally take care of family members because they won't get the help that is needed for their, um, for their peace and mental health. And all the things I've just talked about, about achieving, earning, forming new identities, we cannot consistently be experiencing challenges, mental health challenges, where we know that resources are available for us. And so this is why coaching is so brilliant, because even if somebody comes into a consult and they clearly need counselling, it's a really brilliant conversation that I, you know, I've had with people that they've recognised, OK, I need to explore deeper. Or they've had coaching with me and then they've gone to counselling. So for me, it's really brilliant that coaching can provide the space for people to understand, actually, I don't have to think like this. And this will get me one place to another. And while I'm at this space, I can start looking at the therapy I need. And then this is what you see with a lot of CEOs. They'll have coaching, they'll work on their business they'll get to a place where they're really starting to understand themselves and then the inner child kicks in or the trauma kicks in and then it's time for them to engage with a therapist and really look at the deeper rooted issues. It's not to say you, you don't look at deeper rooted issues within coaching but there's some people that clearly will need therapy and so coming back to our level and our self-concept we have to fill ourselves up first. We have to ensure that emotionally and spiritually that we are working on ourselves. And when we do get to a level of prestige, income, life, peace, enjoyment, fun, love, that we don't emotionally start engaging with our black tax, you know, our emotional black tax. And this goes to any group that has been marginalised but we're not going to be putting ourselves in a situation where I'm in a good relationship, all of them aren't, so I will hold back or I won't enjoy my partner, my stuff will come up, I'm going to try and sabotage it because everybody in my family, they're not in good relationships, so it's only a matter of time. New identity, old belief. I'm earning this money, I'm loving what I'm doing, I'm going to self-sabotage it. And I'm going to not understand that a cycle that I'm going through, which is a peaceful or a normal adjustment, isn't a drop in business. And that the clients will come. And they bloody do. 
or I've reached a new level of weight and health and everybody in my family up in my house are eating unhealthy. I'm still trying to sabotage myself because I feel so different to everybody in the household that are eating fried chicken, that are eating um, greasy food and I'm become a vegan. Um, and so I'm going to again self-sabotage because what happens if I become very well and they become sick? I'm going to try and go into their world and save them that way. And so, um, you know, it's, it's not, it's not good. We don't want to, um, we don't want to live paycheck to paycheck to support other people while we could be investing that for a longer term goal. Okay. Um, we don't want to expend all our emotional energy when we could be using it to manage our own trauma so we could move forward. We don't want to be withholding the love we deserve because we've never seen it in our family and therefore we are, we are thinking thoughts, thinking thoughts. We're creating thoughts that are going to sabotage or bring about outcome that we fear. And so we have to, we really have to start being intentional in our plans, with our businesses, um, as creatives, because we need our thinking space. We need our thinking space as creatives to create more or to create in a way that suits us. And so if you want to manage this emotion, these emotions, if you want to make sure that the income that you've got that is rising, um, that is sustainable, and then it can feed so many other. It can feed so many other people when your cup is full. If that's what you want, because you shouldn't have to do anything. Okay, um, if you want the tools to manage your mind, manage your emotions identify the systemic trauma, identify the effects of white supremacy, regardless of what colour you are, what race you are, because it, white supremacy affects everybody, including white people. So if that's you, that's fine. Um, if this is affecting how you create your imposter syndrome because you're guilty because it's so easy. I used to feel like that when I had my studio. Who am I? I'm a black woman in the studio. Who do I think I am? Just enjoying the studio when my family's working so hard. No, I was working hard, but I was giving myself a hard time. So if that sounds like you, then I have a brilliant challenge that's coming up, the Idea to Income Challenge. And the reason why I call it Idea to Income, it is for CEOs and business owners already, but it's just a way to turn the, the idea that you've always wanted to do without apology. So you've got your business running, it's fine, but you want to just learn some tools. You want to learn more tools, how to manage your identity, for the next level of achievement, you know, so 
You are making, you could be making five figures, six figures, but you want to manage your energy, your identity, you want to own your shit, you want to be unapologetic with it because something within you is feeling unsettling because you feel a bit of an imposter or you just don't feel in your body. You don't feel embodied and intentional. So if you want to be unapologetic with all areas, have your own agency and you want, you've got an idea, another project you want to do, or you just want to, you know, you're working, you're nine to five, you're high achieving, you're earning your money, but you just want to be able to launch your sideline to prepare you for your retirement, or, you know, to kind of drift into your full-time creative business, um, then this is a challenge for you. And it's not a challenge, actually. It's a three-day masterclass. We're taking off the word challenge because it's anything but a challenge. No, this is a masterclass. And if you are a creative, an artist, business owner that has a product and you just want to take it to the next level, and it's, this is not going to be about um, sales or, um, um, you know, like, um, I don't know, the, the formal... You know, there is strategies, there's strategies um, that will show you, tell you about social media, how to position yourself in social media, How, but it's more about the functioning, like how you create that product, your cycles, being unapologetic, being a woman, your natural rhythms, the emotions that are going to come up with your business, you know, the mindset. And also planning, but we are going to look at right-brained, feminine, yin, energetic planning, which is very much like nature, you know, rather than you're going to do 10 different spreadsheets or whatever. We're going to look at what works with your energy. So this is um, the back end, you know, I'm not really going to... You can look at pricing, but we're not going to look at pricing. We're not going to look at all the other strategic tools that you use in business. There will be ways, tools to use, but we're going to look at more about energy management cycles, why you're not showing up, changing your mind. Um, what are your muses that will help you create? What are your cycles? And finally, the last one is calling in the abundance. How much do you want to earn? But we'll look at it in terms from the inside out, not by the strategy, the physical strategy that you have to do. Obviously, I'll talk about that. But this is more about managing your energy because you're there already. We just need to manage the mind, the body and the soul so it can meet the world is in its entirety. So... The link will be in the bio, Income to Idea Challenge, from the 6th to 8th of June. I think I said 6th to 7th, 6th to 8th of June, three days via Zoom. There is an additional Facebook group if you want, but it is going to be fun. So sign up for this challenge. It's Oh my God, I said that word again. Sorry. Sign up for this masterclass because you're the masters. Um, yeah. It's going to be good. See you then. Bye-bye.
you want to be part of an incubator of some amazing creative women, then you need to join the highly capable creative one-to-one program with me. To join, you can just contact me at www.mjfontaine.co.uk and book a sales call with me to join this amazing six-month program where we get to work on your creative business. We also get to work clearing your blocks and also bringing that confidence up to 100 so you can stand in your agency and live your best life.